You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Hey sis, have you heard about Camp Horizons? No, what's that? It's an awesome overnight summer camp that's been around for over 40 years and they have horseback riding, archery, swimming, arts and crafts, and a lot more. Oh, that sounds fun. Plus, they have a water slide, two ropes courses, and a farm with all sorts of cool animals. Oh, mom. Join a diverse community of campers and staff from all over the world for kids ages 6 to 16. Register today at camphorizonsva.com. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. Tonight we have shucks, hellhounds and black dogs. Now this very first report came in to me a long time ago and I really am looking for help in tracing this witness. Um, I've never been able to contact the original witness who made the report to the Indio group, um, a blog forum there. So if you're out there or reading or listening to this, I would love for you to get in touch. I do have other reports not too far away and I would love to put you in touch with some people who have seen a similar creature to the one that you see. The witness stated, For nearly a year now, myself and a friend keep seeing a really big black dog. We see it mostly in the area that we live. We know for certain it's not just a stray dog or an animal or something domestic. Whatever this thing is, it's a huge wolf-like thing. And to be really honest, until we read the information on the site, 
We thought we must have been imagining it. The creature we see looks a little more like a wolf than a dog. It has reddish eyes and it's always seen seen in the same places. We live in Billingham and it's a town near Middlesbrough in the northeast of England. It's very close by. It has a really old village nearly a mile away called Wolvenston. And I've since wondered if this was mere coincidence or has the area always been known for wolf-like animals? Honestly, I've noticed that the UK wolf or dog information we find on the internet always mentions death or attacks, but up to now, touch wood, no one near us has died or been hurt in any way. It doesn't seem to hurt or attack people. We'd be really grateful if you could send us some more information about this. And if you want any information on what we've seen, I can gladly send it to you. First, let me tell you what happened now. You are either going to think we are escaped mental patients or kids with too much time on our hands. And we are not telling the truth because that's been the reaction with everyone we've told or asked for help. I assure you we are telling the truth. I'm 17 and Steve's 19. We were walking from a camping party back home at about 3am in the morning. We were walking the lanes and on the way to our house when I noticed Steve watching something as we walked along. And when I looked in the same direction, there was a large, dark shadow. Now, it's about the size of a large dog. I shone the torchlight against it and it vanished completely. I removed the light and there it was again. I said it must have been a shadow, but as we walked, it remained beside us. Then we saw a pair of red eyes come from it, as if the eyes on the thing had opened. I shone the torch again, and again it vanished. But this time, when I removed the torch, it appeared it was much closer to us than it was before, and it was still moving towards us quickly. We were really scared, and we ran off from it. Since that night, we've both seen it a number of times, but we've never actually heard it bark or howl. It seems to appear in the same place each time, and on all occasions, it usually starts coming towards us every time. The weird thing is, we never hardly see it in winter. In fact, I haven't seen it since the last September. We've only seen the eyes glow like that twice. Once, in the middle of a golf course, while we were taking a shortcut, we were quite deep into the rough of it, and it was totally pitch black in there, so I doubt it was the retina reflection or anything like that. And the second time was by a main road, and it was pretty late, and there were no cars around, but it is possible it could have been reflected from the street lamps. Thanks for all your help, Graham, 2000. Now, the Black Shook of Barnum another hellhound, has been said that it chased two men before vanishing in 1917. Now, the East Anglian magazine, dated in 1947, published a letter from S.W. Kent, who was reporting a strange encounter he had with a strange shuck-like animal. I well remember seeing this hellhound one night, about 30 years ago now, which would make the account somewhere around 1917. It was a Barnum, near Ipswich, on the main Norwich Road. I was working as a warrener back then and had been out setting traps for rabbits and hares with another man. We were returning home along Barnum Church Lane about 10 o'clock at night 
and we were just passing Barnham Hall gates when we saw a large dog lying in the middle of the road. It got up and began to follow us as we walked along. It had a rough shaggy coat and big luminous eyes and its height was about two and a half feet tall. One moment it was on our heels and the next moment it had vanished. I struck at it very hard with a stick that I was carrying but the stick went right through it. If it had been an ordinary dog, the blow would have injured or killed it. But it bounded away down Barnum Church Lane, crossed the main Ipswich Norwich Road and disappeared through a solid brick wall. And that was the last that I saw of it. The Coltishell Bridge creature. Well, there's multiple sightings of giant black dogs. Late one night, between 1960 and 1962, two RAF, ugh, sorry, two RAF officers were travelling by car in a mini coming back from Norwich to RAF Coltishall. I think I've got that right. As it was passing over Coltishall Bridge, they turned left into the high street and were quickly forced into a sudden stop as an enormous black dog crossed the road from left to right in front of them. As it looped across our line of sight, it slowly turned its head to glare directly and disdainfully into our astonished faces, presenting us with a pair of fiery red eyes. It then slowly swung back its head and continued its measured progress onto the cobbles. If my recall of the village is correct, that stretched up to the shops and houses on the far side of the road. As it hit the cobbles, it quite literally vanished. Now, the size comparison would equal to that of a Labrador. Its back, however, was level with the roof of the mini, approximately 1 metre 35 high or 53 inches. To put it bluntly, it was a perfectly proportioned giant black dog. The two officers looked at each other in disbelief, then sped off to the air brace. In the early 1950s, a young woman and her future husband were idling on the Coltishall side of the bridge at nightfall. Walking towards them from Coltishall Island, a triangle of land with a petrol station on it, at the meeting of three roads, they saw an unusual large black dog. So large that at first the woman thought it was a pony. As it passed them, the dog turned its head towards them, but continued on, and it faded away before it reached the other side. Both witnesses were very scared by the encounter, as they had to go in the direction of a giant dog-like thing, but they eventually managed to cross the bridge themselves. The woman still thinks of the incident with fear every time she has to use the bridge. Now, Mr Robert Norgay and Miss Agnes Abel of Harstead swear that a black shuck passed them one evening on Coltishall Bridge. Both heard the pattering of feet and heavy breathing. They both looked around sharply behind them to see what was there, but there was nothing to see. Another account from the 1930s... You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science... Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. I'd like you to get some training. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833. 
833-578-8466. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. BBC radio program, The Dark Shore, came from a middle-aged couple from Coltishaw who, after a stroll on a fine summer evening, had stopped at the bridge. The man was just striking a match to light his wife's cigarette when a black shuck as big as a calf and as noiseless as death passed by within a foot of them. The Tipperary Roll Preacher, 2009. My aunt and her husband, my two cousins and myself were driving home on a country road in South Tipperary in 1999. I don't remember what time it was, but it was winter time, very dark outside. Anyway, we were travelling by car and as we passed a farm which had its lights on in the yard, we saw something really strange. We all caught a look of it as we were passing by and we saw what looked like an old man walking up the road in the same direction as we were travelling. He was on the side of the road there and we could see him up ahead. The street doesn't have much traffic most of the time, so I was wondering why this man was walking in the middle of nowhere on a dark night as it would be dangerous due to the fact the road doesn't have any street lights, and it's a very dangerous stretch of road at night because a lot of people drive way too fast around there. We wouldn't have seen him if it hadn't been for the yard lights, I don't think. Now, all this happened within seconds because I said we were in the car. What happened next was just really weird, and I don't know how to explain it. The second we passed the man, he disappeared, and instead of him... In his place, there was a huge black dog on the side of the road. What bothered me and my family the most was the size of the animal and its red eyes staring in our window. I could see the eyes clearly as I was sat on the back seats and we were looking out and behind us. I would have put this down to my imagination if not all of us had seen it. But at the time, I hadn't even heard of a haunted dog or anything like that. If you want to know exactly where this was, it's the road between Newport and Raycross in South Tipperary Island. Which leads me to an incredibly strange case. The Witchcraft Murders and the Black Shook of Meon Hill. On Valentine's Day in 1945, a 74-year-old farm labourer, Charles Walton, made an early start to remove the hedges from the slopes of Meon Hill. Walton had lived and worked in Lower Quinton for his entire life and despite his seniority and the onset of rheumatism, he continued light farm duties whenever possible. 
Now, the popular and well-liked pensioner had his eccentric side, and there were some people that regarded him with suspicions. In a village where pretty much everybody knows everybody else, all villagers knew that he had some quirks that set him aside from others. He collected and kept toads as pets. Wild birds would flock towards Walton and feed on seeds direct from his hands. It is also said that he could tame and control wild and or rabbit dogs simply with the use of his voice. Walton was very much versed in the traditional ways of rural law. Too much for some people in a time when the old ways are frowned upon. Walton shared his home with his adopted niece, Edith. In some accounts she's called Edith, but in this account she's called Edith. When she returned from her own job at 6pm that evening, she was alarmed to discover that the cottage was empty, as her uncle was always home when she returned. Fearing that perhaps he had fallen ill or had an accident, Edie and neighbour Harry Beasley set off to look for him. One witness at another farm did report seeing someone that was assumed to have been Walton trimming hedges off in the distance. The witness joined in the search and headed off towards where he had seen the person earlier in the hopes that it would be Mr Walton. The search was a quick one and Walton was found horribly murdered in a ditch. His trouncing hook was embedded in his throat and he was impaled to the ground by a pitchfork so strongly that it took many police officers to remove it. Now when Fabian of the Yard questioned the farmer, regarded as being the last person to have seen Walton alive, Albert Potter, an anomaly was discovered. Potter said that the person he saw was wearing a shirt with sleeves. But when Walton's body was found, he was dressed in a sleeveless work shirt. Did Potter really see Walton, or did he see, in fact, see the killer? Fabian's investigation of the murder was beginning to stall and he turned his attentions to learning more about Asian witchcraft due to rumours in the village. Fabian quickly discovered that in the old Julian calendar, February the 14th, Valentine's Day as the Victorians call it, actually falls on February the 2nd. So with local superstition claim it's the ideal day to perform a blood sacrifice. Earth was recovering from winter and a ritual sacrifice was considered a certain way to provide a good harvest. I must point out to people out there that that ritual sacrifice was normally an animal. Um, well, from my knowledge, as much as I know, not normally, they don't normally tell you to go out and kill a human. They normally pour blood onto the field, A, because it's an excellent fertiliser, and B, because it giving back to nature. It's that thank you for our harvest kind of thing. One man at Actually alleged claimed that Walton was dead and buried so there was nothing to worry about and they should just leave it alone. Fabian did look into Walton's past but he found nothing that really shed any light on his murder. One curious fact was the dis- disappearance of Walton's wealth. In 1927 he became a widower and he had a net worth of £297 which was quite a considerable sum of money at the time. All this cash was put into a building society account, but only a little over £2 was credited to the account after his death, so no one knew where the rest of his money went. Now, the UK's top detective admitted defeat at this point and prepared to return to London. Before he did, though, 
He took one final trip to the scene of the crime, and this is where it gets strange, and he saw a big black dog that sprinted past him. Fabian mentioned this to a boy who appeared not long afterwards. The boy turned and scurried down the hill in horror. Before the day ended, a similar-sized dog was found hanging from its neck from a tree adjacent to the murder scene. Now, in August 1960, the outhouses behind the cottage rented by Walton were being demolished. One workman spotted something glinting and he discovered an old tin pocket watch. It was later identified as Walton's. Inside the watch, a piece of coloured glass was found. Walton never let his watch out of his possession. Villagers reckon that the glass found was witch glass, used to absorb or deflect evil thoughts aimed at the owner, as if he had a hex on him, really. Police reveal that during the early days of the investigation, they searched the same place and found nothing there. So who murdered Charles Walton and why? Now, the file remains open to this day. When Fabian of the Yard first arrived at the scene and began to investigate it, he was presented with a very solemn village, shall we say, a little bit like that scene out of uh, the Werewolf Hunts to London where there's complete and total silence and nobody will speak about the crime. He was presented with two strange tales of local history. Detective Superintendent Alex Spooner, head of the Warwickshire CID, presented Fabian with a book published in 1929 entitled Folklore, Old Customs and Traditions in in Shakespeare Land. Now, the book contained the story of one Charles Walton, who in 1885 had seen a phantom black dog on the road whilst walking home from work for several consecutive nights. On the final night, he had seen the dog accompanied by a headless woman. On returning home, he found that his sister had passed away. Now, black dogs have long been a staple of British folklore, often signifying death and generally viewed as a dark omen, often with a satanic kind of association to them. Now, the second piece of local history presented to Fabian was the case of 80-year-old Anne Tennant in Long Compton, just 15 miles from Lower Quinton. In 1875, she'd been brutally murdered by a man named James Haywood with a pitchfork and a slash hook. Then she was pinned to the ground in a way resembling that of Charles's murder. James Haywood later claimed that he killed the woman on the grounds that she was a witch. Now, the reports still continue to this day of big, giant, dog-like creatures that vanish or run off into the night Listen to the description in this report, and this was made in June of 2018 by a driver out on his deliveries at night. It was bigger than a horse and down on all fours. In the early hours of the morning, on the 11th of June 2018, a van driver travelling on the road between Warrington and Manchester in the northwest of England, going about his normal nightly routine on his usual route, when he saw something crossing the road in front of him, that he cannot explain. The creature, described as dog-like, but bigger than a horse and moving fast, shocked the driver. When he was describing the speed it was moving, he said it dusted out of sight in seconds. The sighting has left the man confused as to what he saw and how it could have moved away from him so fluidly and fast. 
The road itself runs between two nature parks and it's surrounded by other strange accounts of skulking road-crossing creatures and growls. Now, the driver himself had no prior interest in cryptids, strange creatures or anything of the norm, really. And to be honest, he was very sceptical before this uh, about anything that was paranormal or unexplained. Now, the witness account said, I want to report something that happened last night when I was on my route. I was out on the road about 3am this morning, 11th of the 16th. I had my lights on, of course, and the road was empty of traffic. There's never any traffic around at that time on the route, as it's fields and trading estates and the prison. You still have to keep your eye on the road, though, and keep your wits about you, just in case. So as I passed the Birchwood Forest Nature Park on the A547, something crossed the road in front of me. It was moving on all fours, and it was massive at least as big as a horse. But this thing ran and looked like a dog. Thank God it kept moving and stayed on all fours, because standing upright, it would have been at least nine foot tall, he explained. It was dark, so no precise colour, other than really dark. It was huge. Honestly, seeing it spooked much out of me, he said. I didn't stop and look where it was, and I couldn't see it. Oh, sorry, he said, I did stop and look where it was, and I couldn't see it anywhere. It had moved off that fast. Now, the A574 Birchwood Forest Park was where it was coming from, he said. It was as big as a horse, but looked and moved, and more like a dog of some kind. Well, I'm really freaked out by all this, and I have felt a bit off since last night and a bit light-headed. I keep thinking about it, and the fact that when I stopped to look where it was, it had gone. It should have been in sight, but it had dusted, as he put it. Now, Birchwood and Risley are new towns and were built to accommodate day overspill between probably the 1960s and the 90s in the northwest of England. Um, known as towns, they are built on old mining or agricultural land, no longer used, a bit like where I live, and a lot of people in the UK are in the same position. So at the edge of the town, you're surrounded by fields and woodlands, the River Mers is down there. And this account is very similar to a road-crossing skulking creature described, just to the south by a few miles in Tatton, Cheshire. Now this creature was described as belly-crawling across the road, and all dark, one colour. And that only happened three years ago in 2015, so it's four years ago now. Um, and that route would take you down to the Peak District. Now, in my hometown, and I'm sorry if my accent gets a bit thicker, but in my hometown, the Salford yellow-eyed dog thing in the 1970s. Now, I was chatting with a witness about anything strange that he'd noticed in the area of Beulah. Um, where the Beulah sighting took place, because he's lived and worked in the area of Beulah for most of his life. Now, the witness's name is Tommy C. Jones, and he lives very close to the area and one of the B&Bs along Eccles New Road back then. One night in the late hours, the witness was walking home from the Ashfield Labour Club that was tucked away in next to what is known as the Dog Entry. And that's a small Victorian alley with old stone steps, and the steps are so steep You've got to climb a few before you can see the top. Um, and if anyone is coming in the opposite direction, you can't really see them till you're about halfway up. And they wind at an angle. It's horrible, actually, in all honesty. They're really, really steep. But because self is on such a high pitch, it's the only way to get up and down um, around the area. 
And they're really, really slippy in bad weather. They're awful. And there's only like an old Victorian metal rail that's really rickety and you've got to cling on really tight. So it's not somewhere you mess about. And as kids, you would use the entry to hide till the school had all gone in if we were planning on skipping lessons because nobody could see you in there. And then you'd nip off into the park and the rest is history. So he said, it's about 2am and we had a cheeky lock-in, which means... Last orders would have been about 11, so they would have just stayed in there quietly, opened the local bobby, weren't walking round. He says, I'm in the boozer, and we're unlocking, and then I'm walking home slowly smoking, as my wife didn't know I smoked back then. I had 10 part drive, and I'd just lit one up. I was just at the bottom of the dog entry when I saw something that I can still remember to this day. Now, when I spoke to him, he was in his 60s. He said it was dark, hairy, and crouched over. And as I backed off, the almost dog-like thing growled at me. He described the eyes as yellowish and really scary. And we made off before the animal approached him further. He added, he has owned and worked with dogs all his life, even racing and training greyhounds for over a decade, he said. This was no dog. I've never seen anything like it before or since. The way it growled and the size of the thing was just unreal. I can still see it in my mind to this day. It was the same colour as a dark Alsatian dog, but much bulkier. Is there a tale or a story in your family of a shuck or a hellhound type of creature? They've existed in the law here in the UK for centuries, sometimes seen as harbingers of death, as we said, and or to decry an act's about to happen. Many of our very early people saw them as gods and omens. If you would like to help us investigate these cases or talk to the witnesses themselves, or if you just enjoy our content and would like to support us, let me know at debbiehatswell.com um, or share this post and click that like button. You can do- donate now to the show. Um, there's a PayPal link further down in the thing. Or if you can, you know, if it's spare, if it's not, don't worry about it. So I've got lots more to come for you. Um as you can tell, this this is one of my very, very old reports, first reports from the 2000s, uh, but I keep them coming. So I hope you all have a wonderful week and a lovely weekend. Until next time, good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.